health information from experts, supported by research. From University of Utah Health, this is thescoperadio.com. Your child was diagnosed with pectus excavatum, which is also referred to as funnel chest. It's a caving of the chest. And you want a second opinion about whether your child should have surgery or not. Dr. Stephen Fenton is going to help us better understand when surgery might be the best option. So when the chest area is caved in, the condition is called pectus excavatum. Does that offer any other sort of health threats or is it purely just a cosmetic issue? No, it actually does. So it's part of the congenital pectus deformities, um, which encompasses funnel chest, as you talked about it, pectus excavatum. I oftentimes refer to parents or kids as uh, think of a backhoe that's excavating, it's digging, and so the chest goes inward. Um, The other disorder is pectus carinatum, uh, which is where the chest comes outward. Excavatum is associated with other conditions. And so whenever I see a child in consultation, I always try and ascertain whether any of those conditions are present. So, for example, scoliosis is associated with it. Um, Mitral valve prolapse, which can oftentimes be brought on or recognized by a heart murmur, uh, is also associated with pectus excavatum. Also, Wolf-Parkinson-White, which is... Uh, an abnormal pathway in the atrium of the heart, which can cause a heart arrhythmia. So some of the questions I always ask are, is there a a history of murmurs in the child or in any of the parents? Is there a history of scoliosis? And um, has he or she ever felt their heart race just out of the blue, not with exercise? So the last thing is a connective tissue disorder, uh, Marfan syndrome. These individuals that have this often have laxity of their joints. Uh, sometimes they can have lens dislocation of their eyes. Uh, they often have dilation of their, their aorta, as well as some cardiac valve problems. They're oftentimes very, very tall and have some features that we would refer to as Marfanoid. In that case, if we're ever worried, and I do ask parents specifically if there's a history of Marfan syndrome um, in their family, we uh, would refer them to a geneticist uh, to make sure uh, whether that's present or not. The heart conditions you talk about and some of those other conditions, is that because the chest is caving in and putting pressure in on that cavity? Is that what's happening? So we do know that there is pressure on the chest and oftentimes a murmur can happen because of the heart being displaced and or pushed on. But these entities are associated with pectus excavatum and not really caused by them. So fixing that condition does not necessarily fix the other conditions. Correct. Okay. And so in those conditions, if we feel like there, there might be mitral valve prolapse, um, you know, we would get an echocardiogram or an ultrasound of the heart to look for that valve disease because that's something that a cardiac surgeon would have to fix not or follow and maybe subsequently fix, um, but not something that would be corrected by correcting the pectus itself. When might a parent notice that this is a condition that their child might have? Uh, pectus excavatum is actually noticed oftentimes when kids are young. In fact, most parents uh, come in and they'll say, oh, yeah, we, we saw it when he was a baby. It was like a little divot or dip in the chest. But most kids, it really starts to become prominent and more noticeable uh, once they start their growth spurts uh, around um, or after puberty. And, and that's what causes it. It's actually growth from the costal cartilage where it attached attaches to the um, sternum, and there's a differential in growth which causes the sternum to go inward. 
so let's talk about now what you would do for somebody that has pectus um, excavatum, the, the sunken in chest. It's usually taken care of by surgery, if I understand. H- how do you know if surgery is something that you would do for a particular patient? So first of all, um, it, there is a, a range. Um, sometimes it can be very mild. It does go inward, uh, but the child doesn't have any symptoms. They don't complain of chest pain or shortness of breath, um, back pain, all of which can be associated with it. They feel like they can keep up with their classmates or their teammates uh, when they play sports. And in that case, I usually say, don't do anything. In boys, especially, um, I'll tell them, hey, you know, work, work your upper body build up your pec muscles and uh, a mild pectus will actually make you look more ripped. You'll look like, you know, <laughs> y- you won't, you won't necessarily have to do anything, especially if it's not limiting to their activities and especially if um, they are totally um, symptom free. Now on the, on the other end um, with severe pectus, it's interesting. I've seen kids who have been, let's say have played competitive sports um, basketball, football, soccer, uh, track, etc. And even when they notice it before they hit puberty or kind of right when they're hitting puberty, they'll often tell me adamantly they can keep up with their classmates or their teammates. And then as we follow them and the pectus becomes more severe, even them and their parents will definitely start saying, you know what, they're putting in as much effort as they were before, but they fatigue early they complain of chest pain, they complain of shortness of breath, and they tire out much quicker than their teammates do. Um, and uh, a lot of that can be attributed to the severity of the pectus. It does displace the heart. It can displace lungs, um, etc. And there is this sense of not being able to catch your breath or to breathe appropriately. In that case, uh, with, with severe pectus and with symptoms, um, I would typically recommend um, surgical repair. Is there an optimal age to do the treatment, or is it more just watching the progression of the condition? Um, we usually say around 13 to 15 years of age. That does not preclude kids that are earlier or, or, or younger or older. Um, but around that age, the chest is just very malleable, and uh, they're, they usually tolerate it a lot better. So it sounds like with symptoms, you would definitely consider the surgery. Without symptoms, if everybody is feeling okay about it, then perhaps surgery would not necessarily be the option. Correct. And, and I think, you know, the important part for that is um, for the young adult and the parents to seek consultation. And, you know, along with the surgeon, uh, we can talk about what the options are, whether whether we want to continue to follow or whether we would recommend repair or whether nothing needs to be done at all. And the surgery, is it a pretty complicated surgery? I mean, is it a major surgery? Um, Dr. Nuss and colleagues uh, came up with a procedure that we would term minimally invasive. So a small incision on either side of the chest, about an inch and a half to two inches. And then using a camera, we can actually skirt the bar underneath the sternum. Um, and then when we turn the bar around, it brings the sternum out. And um, we secure the bar in place. Even though it's minimally invasive, and that's nice because whenever it's minimally invasive, the body can recover quicker. The sternum does not want to be pushed out. And so there is pain associated with it. 
Um, we work closely with our anesthesiologist to help make sure that we can mitigate that pain as much as, as possible. And we've really done a much better job in the last several years. Kids that are undergoing this are leaving the hospital quicker and are recovering um, faster. Um, this approach is, again, a great approach. It has a very low infection rate. Um, it has a very low complication rate. Um, and the outcomes in the long term are very good. Does that pain continue during the treatment then after, you know, after the procedure? No, usually the worst of it is for the first few days. So they're oftentimes in the hospital. And again, our anesthesiologists help us um, control that pain. Most kids, I say, by the time they come see me about two weeks uh, afterwards, are for the most part back to normal. As with any major surgery, I always say there might be a little bit of pain or a pull for about six to eight weeks afterwards. But once you've made it past really a month or a month and a half, those uh, young adults are back to normal. So this sounds like a very specialized individual that would do this. If somebody is more in a rural area and they want to have this procedure done, they're, they're going to have to go to a metropolitan area, it sounds like. Absolutely. I mean, the procedure itself is important, being able to know how to do it, how to manage outcomes, etc. It's also very important knowing when to offer the operation and when not to as well, and the further workup around it. And so when seeking a surgeon, you want a surgeon who does this often, um, who cares for these kids often, and also works in a system that does, because it's much more than just the surgeon. It's the OR team, it's the anesthesiologist, it's the nursing staff, et cetera, that all contribute um, to good outcomes in these kids. Final thought for somebody who's listening to this, who they believe that their child might have this condition. Um, Final thought is first, it's not dangerous. Um, don't restrict the activity of your child. And two, we're always happy to take a look at it and determine whether it's something that's not going to cause any problem um, for them or that might require surgery and certainly can provide the expertise to do so. Have a question about a medical procedure? Want to learn more about a health condition? With over 2,000 interviews with our physicians and specialists, there's a pretty good chance you'll find what you want to know. Check it out at thescoperadio.com.